Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Wednesday. It is November the 15th. There's only so many ways you can say hello, my friends, isn't there? I'm going to experiment with all of them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Got a really interesting show for you today. Something that you probably are not going to be able to get anywhere else because nobody else really knows how to deal with this. There is a so-called prominent FBI whistleblower that had a search warrant served, according to Mother Jones. We're going to get into that. What the heck is going on there? I'm going to dig back into the history about who this guy is, what he's been saying, what we think. I don't know if I have a good opinion. I'm going to need your help on this one as well. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some articles from Red State. I've been kind of uh, lax in reading Red State. I actually reached out to one of their writers and told them I'm really sorry. I used to read them all the time, but I kind of moved on. So I'm going to be doing some Red State articles that you guys are going to like and kind of why it matters, what's going on there. We got some fun stuff happening in the halls of Congress. Not a January 6th insurrection, like real men acting like men. We're going to continue down the path of glorifying certain things that I love from being a guy who went to school in Oklahoma. Many of you guys know this. I went to the University of Oklahoma in Norman, Oklahoma, and uh, Okies are a special breed, y'all. I'll just say that. There's only one way to say it. I'll tell you what. So we'll get into that uh, at the end here, and um, let's get started first off with a little thanks to my friends over at Catholic Vote. I think that's the right way to do the show. They keep us going, and they've got some good articles as well in The Loop this morning. If you want to go check out uh, The Loop, you go to catholicvote.org. You click on the loop or just sign up for the loop. That's the right way to do it. Let's see what they got here. Top, top, top couple stories. Uh, more and more of the political left turning on Joe Biden. I think that uh, Bongino, Dan Bongino, had a really interesting take on what he think is going to happen. It's pretty speculative. I'm going to stay off that. I'm going to just let him say his piece. The guy's been doing this a long time. So take a listen to uh, my buddy Dan's show from yesterday. And uh, towards the end of it, he gets into this uh, a little bit more about this bishop who was removed from Tyler, Texas, from his position by the Pope. That's what happens when you hold uh, hard lines on the pro-life stance and you upset sort of this sort of progressive Pope Francis. Many Catholics are not a big fan of him. I know you guys probably understand what I'm talking about. And Ohio abortion. Still another article about there about Ohio's issue one. So that's some of the stuff that I saw in the loop today. If you guys want to support their fight, you certainly can. You can click on the give button, which is in the top right-hand corner. If you want to flash it up one more time, Ryan. Folks, in the top right-hand corner is a little green give button, and you can donate to catholicvote.org. doesn't matter if you're Catholic. If you're interested in finding out what the heck the FBI was doing, you can make a monthly contribution, a small one or a large one, whatever you're into. We really appreciate you guys supporting them. I've got a, uh, a new podcast about to drop with them quite soon, a short one, just a, uh, an interview and a and an animated short, which we'll show here on the show as well, probably in its entirety, because it's some of the better work. They do excellent stuff over a, two different podcasts. One's called The Loopcast. You get it once a week. Uh, you can kind of see a theme here with the word loop. And the second one is called Edify, which is a lot like PragerU style stuff, but I think they do a really nice take on it. They get some really good guests, uh, including me, which is how you know how good their guests are because you're sitting here and watching us. Uh, folks, if you're just joining us, if you've never been here before, I really appreciate you guys joining and giving the Kyle Serafin Show a try. Give us a thumbs up here on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you are watching somewhere else, what are you doing? Get over here to Rumble where the free speech lives, where we don't get censored. We're probably going to get censored for this one simply because we are sampling a very fun video from my childhood. You guys are going to really appreciate it. Let's get started with something light, then we're going to get real heavy. So uh, something light. Yesterday, 
I'm on the spin bike. Yes, I was on a spin bike. Uh, there was some weird Indian looking guy who was wearing way too much clothing to be in a spin room. It was just him and I and some strange visuals that looked like you needed to be on psychedelics to watch. Uh, I really don't like the spin room at the YMCA I go to, but I'm doing it. And I watched Dan Bongino. I put in my earbuds and I just check out what my buddy's up to. And I caught this little clip, uh, which we're going to play. This is the you know, we, we actually talk on the back end I, when I say that. And, and there's nothing nicer than a man who basically has kept up with his end of the bargain, which is I told him I would come public and I just needed him to support me a little bit and make sure that we didn't fall off. Uh, it's turned into a really special friendship. He's one of the great people in the world. Dan Bongino. That's why so many of you guys love his show. So go ahead and play that quick little clip here. Just a couple seconds. So there's only two possible explanations I see to this. Number one is the protectee had to be in some kind of danger. Naomi Biden, which I have no reason to believe at this point. My sources probably would have told me that already. Or as my friend Kyle suggested, he's probably right, FBI agent. We were uh, chatting about it yesterday. It could have been some kind of furtive movement. Furtive movement is these guys are breaking in the car. You got your gun out, you know, whatever. That's our vehicle. Police don't move, whatever you say. And the guy goes like this and, you know, that, that's my guess, but I wouldn't jump the gun on this story. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but the Bongino rules in effect until we know more. I don't like commenting on stories I don't know a lot about because it just sounds dumb and you can just wait. Then we sound like liberals with the PP tape. Somebody doesn't like the fact that he says PP tape every single episode that he does, sometimes 20 times a day. You know what? Dan says what Dan says. That's how uh, that's how New Yorkers are. I don't know if you guys have any New Yorker friends, but if you don't, you need to get at least one of them. They're some of the funniest people. Uh, and here's another great example. My buddy Dan does a book signing. He's going to be in uh, Grapevine, Texas uh, sometime in the next day or so. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, check it out. Go, look, go to his website and go see and get a book signed by him. His new book, Gift of Failure, which I uh, definitely need to read. I have not. So I will just tell you, I don't get a lot of time for reading as much as I should. But uh, my, one of my buddies was going to one up in New York, which is where m my friend lives. He was actually the guy that was uh, one of my best men in my, my wedding. Super good dude. And uh, he sends me a text. He goes, hey, I'm going to go see uh, Bongino. He's going to be at this bookstore or whatever it is. He takes a picture of the bookstore poster. I send it over to Dan. I go, hey, when you're there, look for my buddy Charlie. He's going to be in the line and, uh, you know, give him a hug for me. And so he's like 100%. And so sure enough, my buddy Charlie, who is never going to wait through a line. He's like one of those New Yorkers who's like, hey, like, uh, what are we doing here? Can we get a, can we get to the front? I think we could. I got to know somebody. So he goes up there and he uh, he walks up to one of the security guys or whatever. And he's like, yeah, like uh, my brother is friends with uh, Dan. And the guy's like, oh, you want to skip the line or what are you trying to do? And he was like, uh, no, but uh, yeah, all right, I'll do that. So he skips the line. <laughs> There's like three, 400 people behind him. And he gets up to the front of the line and he tells him who he is. And Dan stands up and gives him a handshake and a quick hug or whatever. They take a picture and then he move on and uh so we got a couple of pictures from that but anyway you gotta love it yes dan will take pictures with you uh somebody else could take the picture you want somebody else to take a good picture uh go see dan and his new book signings it's kind of awesome such a good dude all right let's get into the news of the weird that's that's the happy moment uh it's wednesday so let's get weird on wednesday let's talk about this guy jonathan booma who in the actual hell is jonathan booma if you'll pull up the article here from mother jones man folks have you guys heard of this guy before fbi raids home of prominent bureau whistleblower uh-huh. <laughs> uh -huh. What? Who? Jonathan Booma. Do you guys uh, you guys remember hearing about him? He's one of the suspendables that we've never talked about because he lives in L.A. and he was uh, reporting on the, the problems in the FBI that there's there's a pro-Trump bias. That was his whistleblower allegation. There's a big pro-Trump bias inside the FBI. And that's and that's what needs to be corrected. It needs to become apolitical and stop being so pro-Trump. You guys remember the pro-Trump FBI that I used to work for, right? That's why that. 
you know, and then Biden and then the shots. And this doesn't make any sense. Federal agents on Monday raided the Los Angeles area home of an FBI whistleblower who has alleged that the bureau higher ups thwarted an investigation into Rudy Giuliani. Two sources said, Ooh, who are those sources? Uh, Buma and himself. The whistleblower, FBI agent, uh, by the way, they have no problem calling him a whistleblower. Mother Jones is a far left outlet, so this should not be shocking. I'm actually going to reach out to Dan Freeman, the, the reporter, senior reporter, if you will, who I've been told is pretty fair. And I want to know what his read on this guy is, because I don't get it. You guys are going to get your own take on it. This is strange. The whistleblower FBI agent uh, Jonathan Buma said that Giuliani, quote unquote, may have been compromised. That's a crime, by the way being compromised. I don't know what compromise means. I'm not sure what federal statute it covers by Russian intelligence while he was working as a lawyer for Donald Trump. Also not sure what that entails. I don't know. And neither does he from what I can I can gather. I've got nine pages through his uh, his thing. We're going to show it up on the, pa- the, the the screen here. He did like this whistleblower disclosure thing to the judiciary. You wonder why you've never heard about him. Um, it's because this doesn't make any sense. We'll get that in just a second. Let's go back to the article here. Scott Horton. So this guy is also really suspect. Scott Horton, attorney representing Buma, said that Horton was presented with a search warrant when he went into the Bureau's Orange County, California field office. First of all, it's the Los Angeles field office. It's the resident agency out of Orange County. By all accounts, seems like a nice place. Buma didn't like it. He didn't like being uh, sent to work in Orange County. Why? I mean, he, he, you'll hear in the video, we're going to play you like we're going to play you his whole video. There's no other way to break the story out. He did a seven minute interview, which is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I reviewed it last night with Garrett O'Boyle. I reviewed it last night with George Hill. None of us know what to think about it. But what I do know is it's freaking weird. It is absolutely bizarre. There's no two ways about it. And he refers to the Orange County office <laughs> in the uh, the Orange County resident agency in the Los Angeles field office as the quote, Alaska of Los Angeles. Just put that in your head when you're hearing about this guy. This guy got sent to the Alaska of Los Angeles, whatever that means. Agents searched Buma's person, and then afterwards, a large group of agents searched his resident, confiscating all digital media in his home, including computers and watches of his wife and his four children. That seems over overblown. If any of you guys are, are law enforcement, you're, um, you've worked in law enforcement in the past, you've had a constitutional law class, maybe you're a paralegal, you should, you should know that you're not allowed to actually take things that should have a reasonable expectation of privacy. And one of those is if the person, let's say like the wife's laptop computer, if you don't have probable cause to believe that the husband was also on that laptop, then there's no reason why it should be part of the search warrant or confiscated. In fact, search warrants are supposed to be so narrow that if the wife has a closet and the husband has basically no expectation of or access to it, or if you have a roommate in your house and they have their own room and there's a search warrant that goes on, the police are not supposed to search, law enforcement in general, not supposed to search those rooms. This is the way con con law was taught to me. You're not supposed to go into the rooms that the subject of your search would not have access to. So let's put it this way. Um, My buddy FBI Panty Raid is out there in the chat on a regular basis. His big contention is going into Melania's panty drawer. Now, if the husband, Donald Trump, in the case of Miralago, doesn't go into the panty drawer and has no reason to ever go in the panty drawer and there's no expectation that he would be stashing things in the panty drawer and you'd have to articulate why, then the panty drawer would be off limits, which is why that whole Miralago search is so crazy. It's so broad. It's so wild. I can't believe it hasn't been thrown out. But of course, we're dealing with... Um, the federal judiciary, which has decided to just beclown itself over and over again. So the search warrant was apparently reviewed by this reporter at Mother Jones. It says that the agents are looking for classified documents that they suspected Buma had removed without authorization. Um, I'm going to read to you why I think they thought that was the case. If that is the case, if there was a search warrant, which we don't know. Um, you know, I, some of this just... There's a a possibility. I don't know what percentage chance it is. You guys will have to figure it out. There is some possibility that this is completely fabricated 
And there's another possibility that this is also a figment of somebody's imagination, not fabricated by the FBI. There's a third possibility that it's all real, but it's not what it looks like. And then there's the last one is that it's real and it's what it looks like that some lefty guy who sounds kind of nuts has decided to go out with this. So Boom has filed statements with congressional investigators. Uh, we're going to read that. Outlining his findings to Giuliani and detailing his allegations that senior bureau officials shut down his investigative efforts and later retaliated against him. That does sound like a bureau move. Boomer's claims, which were leaked this summer, received substantial media attention. Actually, I never clicked on what the substantial media attention is. Let me see what this looks like. One of them is from Business Insider, which I assume is what the article, and then another one is from The New Yorker. So that's substantial, guys. If you Google Jonathan Boomer, you're going to find basically his LinkedIn and one article this article, and then like this weird YouTube video we're going to play you. If you Google Garrett O'Boyle, there are dozens, if not hundreds of articles written about him on both sides, you know, pro O'Boyle and some slander and some, you know, some slanted stuff. Um, there are numerous, I've, I've done hundreds of media interviews myself. So I don't know how this guy received substantial media attention, but that's what they claim. Uh, his YouTube video got about 55,000 views as I looked last night. Okay, so anyway, so he uh, he he basically claimed that in part he has uh, countered all GOP arguments that the bureau was eager to investigate Trump allies, but reluctant to look into Hunter Biden. He's the one guy standing in the gap, knowing that the FBI actually, despite the fact that they weren't doing any fair work on Hunter Biden, were suppressing the laptop that they had gone out there. That there were FBI agents that I knew in April of 2022 that didn't even know there was a Hunter Biden laptop at all, thought it was brand new information. That FBI was actually secretly pro-Donald Trump and stopping this one-man army from going in to stop uh, Rudy Giuliani. You ready for that? You ready for these allegations? Because they're wild. Um, we're going to get into it right after we do a sponsor. Let's say thanks to my friends over at Patriot Cooler. They're sitting on my desk right now. Okay, look, I've already drained this one. This is the 16-ounce tumbler. You guys can go to patriotcoolers.com, patriotcoolers.com. Use promo code KYLE. There's the website. You guys can see it. Great cause, great company. They give back money to veterans. They support our show, and they have since the beginning, which is a rarity for people to have someone approach you and say, hey, we want to support your show when you have a fledgling podcast the way we started off. Um, I hope many of you guys will go out there and check them out. Use promo code KYLE again. I just hit up Marcus again. Again, he's my contact over there to try to up our percentage. We're going to try to do that for Christmas, so stand by. But check out and get your get your cart ready. Here's the uh, the 19 ounce. This is the one that'll fit in your cup holder. I'm drinking that right now, so we're on coffee cup number two and the 50 quart in. Mine is tan. I wanted a gray one, but they didn't have it in stock at the moment. So check out the tan one. That's what's sitting in the back of my minivan right now. It takes my Costco goods. Promo code Kyle, 10% off, 50 bucks or more. You're going to get free shipping. PatriotCoolers.com. We love them. We hope you do too. Check them out. Good people. Says Patriot on them. You're not a Yeti. You're a Patriot. Your uh, your Tumblr can reflect that. What does it say? I have my Yeti Tumblr filled with soy milk. Yeah, that sounds right, King's Week. That's correct. That's what it should be doing. Okay, so let's do this video. There's I, I literally entitled it Jonathan Boom as weird. We're going to play it and we're going to cut into it. You guys are going to hear me just stop Ryan intermittently and we're going to give commentary. But I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt at least to be able to play what it is. Uh, let's go. Let's rock and roll. Video number one. I didn't want to be a whistleblower. I wanted nothing to do with it. I was at my wit's end. I, I saw important intelligence reporting being suppressed. I started to experience what I believe to be discrimination, character assassination, really. My name is Jonathan Buma, and I'm a FBI special agent. When I went and presented to the assistant director in charge over at Los Angeles field office, he, he was very interested in the allegations concerning potentially implicating the Bidens and you know, 
involved in business deals with Burisma, a company that was involved in alleged criminal activity. He's very interested and he was adamant about uh, packaging that information up and transferring that to the appropriate case agent uh, right away. But during the same meeting, when I attempted to provide information that Rudy Giuliani may have been compromised by individuals suspected of being involved in Russian counterintelligence influence operations, he shut me down and the meeting ended. I came to know that Giuliani had received $300,000 from Pablo Fuchs, a very powerful businessman who had deep ties with a, a transnational organized crime syndicate. He was based in Ukraine. And that was, that was deeply concerning to me, especially, you know, having heard that Giuliani had been, you know, working for the president pro bono. That my questions that were going through my head were, um, who does he really work for? I wasn't trying to, you know, implicate Trump or do anything that would, you know, injured his reputation. This reporting implicates Giuliani. All right, time out right there. Ryan, what was the question you just had? Because this is, what, what's your reaction to this thing? I'm curious on who would invest that much money in the production value of a video like that when your story and Kyle's and Garrett's was so much better. And why would they choose him and invest that and not invest that type of money into investing in a video with you guys or interviews with you? Well, because he's going after Trump, right? Look, folks, how weird is this? We're looking at a highly produced musical undertone, dark and brooding would be the subtitles. If you were watching it on a subtitle on Netflix, dark and brooding music is playing and he's, he's shooting it in Washington, DC from what I can tell. I mean, is he in Washington, DC? Like why is he in Washington, DC? Why is he at the Hoover building? I assume that's where they shot that for this propaganda piece. <laughs> that was the number one comment, by the way, when I went through the uh, YouTube comments, it was like, man, when the FBI releases propaganda, they should at least spring for, for something that is not inside the J Edgar Hoover building when they shoot it. Seriously, the weirdest <laughs> thing, it looks like they're shooting it out of a window at the Hoover building. I don't think that you can actually see the Capitol as easily. You'd have to be in a building that's across the street, but, but for real, why is this guy a Los Angeles agent shooting a weird documentary about himself where they've got him standing in front of a wall of screens with CNN on it. That's also really weird. Is he at like a hotel? Everything about this thing is so strange. It was done by the insider news or insider news, which I guess is part of business insider, but I can't really tell. It's not clear to me. They got 700,000 followers on, uh, on YouTube. So a bigger channel, but not like a mainstream news. I got no idea. We're going to keep playing this, uh, send it in the chat, whatever you guys see what's going on with the mind that, um, maybe this guy's telling the truth. Watch his eyes. You tell me, we're going to keep going. Um, he was the one that was in ongoing contact with foreign nationals and, you know, political uh, activists that would receive hundreds of thousands of dollars from these sources. And at that time, Joe Biden was not yet the, uh, democratic nominee. I said to my, my co-handling agent, I said to him, why do they keep going back to the Bidens? So what if this is the leading edge of uh, a disinformation campaign to create a theme uh, of uh, derogatory information about the Bidens in anticipation that Biden would be Trump's main political rival? Okay, pause they it. start to experience push. Yeah, what if, what if the FBI despite doing illegal FISAs into the Trump campaign and doing uh, favorable briefings to Hillary Clinton and not to Trump as determined by the Durham report and the fact that they were breaking federal law in order to do all of these things. What if they were actually trying to stop, uh, stop Trump from being 
found out for all the evil he was doing? What if they were actually doing that, even though they were investigating him actively and they decided to do a raid in Miro? This guy did this, by the way, after the Miralago raid. Let's just put that out there in the world. His story comes post Miralago, post indictment. Are you with me? Does that make any bit of sense to anybody in the chat? Somebody said, uh, why watch FBI movies when you can watch real life? It's so much more interesting. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, what is the what, what kind of weird uh, effery is going on here? There's no way to say it otherwise. Like, I just don't know what else you would call this stuff. I just feel like somebody's coming after us uh, accurately, uh, accurately just stated. This is a cross-eyed bear. There's no question about it. It's a cross-eyed bear when you deal with this kind of problem. Let's keep running this guy because, you know, now we're worried about the disinformation campaign the FBI is doing in order to run cover for Trump and Giuliani. But of course they are. Let's roll it. Back, all of my reporting came under, under really tight scrutiny to the point where I went from, you know, getting exceptional performance awards to, um, you know, being told that I was an inconsistent performer and that I had all these administrative uh, I don't have a history of that, 13 years before that. So it got to the point where it's pretty intolerable. So I filed a whistleblower complaint. All FBI agents get annual training concerning the, um, the protected federal whistleblower statute. Okay, time. Uh, which says that if you... So here's the thing. Number one, he is correct. They would go from giving you excellent performance ratings to inconsistent. So that actually rings really true to me. I go like, obviously, yeah, that's what's happening. They do that to people. But they do that to anybody they want to get rid of. It's not just people that are quote unquote whistleblowers. And here's what I want you to listen to. The statute, in fact, I should pull it up, but the statute is 5 U.S.C. 2303. I've got it ingrained in my head. It references back to 5 uh, U.S.C. 2302, which is the main Whistleblower Protection Act that was passed, I think, in 2012. And then in 2016, the FBI got an augmented version of it that is narrower, but it actually covers a few things. And the things that it covers are very specific. And I'm going to do it from memory, but I'm pretty close. You guys can reference it uh, if you want to look it up. The thing that it covers is... Violations of rule, policy, or procedure. So somebody has to either break a rule or a law or a federal policy, and you can report that. I don't hear him making that allegation. You guys listen for it. I didn't hear it. I've read his disclosure. I don't see it. He's saying he doesn't like the way management handled cases. That's allowed. Okay. Um, Steve Friends is pretty concrete. He thinks that they are actually violating the right to due process and that he thinks that there's possibly an issue with whether or not um, the FBI SWAT teams constitutes a cruel and unusual punishment, a process is the punishment kind of violation. He doesn't have to be right. He just has to be reasonable. That's a reasonable contention. And then the OIG can go suss it out and say, well, we don't agree with you. That's actually within FBI purview, which is, of course, what they did. Um, you might feel differently. I feel differently. I feel as Steve does, but you have to be able to make a violation of it. Mine is even more straightforward. I just said, I think Merrick Garland committed perjury. That was my first whistleblower complaint. A lot of people are not real clear on what it is to make a quote unquote protected disclosure. I went to Congress. I said, the attorney general said this. Five days later, we got an email that said this, and that indicates to me that the, the thing that he said is, is not going to happen is happening. That's perjury or it's massive incompetence either way. But I believe it's perjury. I think that he would have to have known. So that's what I'm alleging. Perjury. I also made some violations of 702. That was my allegations that they were violating the uh, the reverse targeting statute. So that's a violation of rule, policy, or law. Uh, Steve also stated that he thought it was because they were engaged in something that would be uh, considered a, uh, a public danger or a public safety threat. And that's another qualification you can do if there's going to be a, a something that's going to impact public safety or public security, you can actually, or public health, I think is actually, actually uh, so if somebody was not handling a biological weapon properly, then theoretically you can go and make that report. These are all part of the statute. I mean, it's defined by law what a whistleblower is. We are really specific about it on the suspendables team, the suspendables team, which I'm wearing right now. Our brand is very specific to what a whistleblower is. And we are being 
cautious to stay within the statute when we do whistleblower allegations. Nobody else seems to care about that. The political left does not seem to be interested at all. By the way, having a phone call where you make a political decision with someone that you don't like, that is not the quid pro quo. That is not a whistleblower allegation. That's just you not liking somebody's politics. And it's not covered by the statutes, it turns out. So if you get tossed out for that, it's your own damn fault. If you don't like the way your managers are running a case and they tell you that your case is wrong, if you can't frame it within the statute, I don't know what's going on there at all. But listen for this guy. Listen for a specific and concrete allegation. I'm going to run it a little bit longer now. We're going to just listen to him. What in the actual hell is he alleging? Because it sounds like he just doesn't like the way that they were handling the information. By the way, you should also be cautious. Nobody in the FBI I've ever heard talks about my reporting. You have sources. It's source reporting. And the source reporting is what you refer to it as. Source reporting indicates my source reports this. Never my reporting. It's very weird the way this guy phrases it. And his uh, his actual disclosure to Congress is even weirder. Uh, Ryan and I were, were laughing about it. It looks like it was written by AI that didn't know him very well. But uh, let's, let's continue on with this video a little bit. I want you guys to be able to see it. It's just so strange. See misconduct in management, then you can follow us with a complaint with the inspection division. The managers involved in your chain of command are prohibited from committing any acts that could be considered reprisal or retaliation. From that point forward, uh, the retaliation actually increased and I experienced no such protection and there's never any mention or acknowledgement outside of an automated email response saying we received your information uh, and a letter that said we received your information. Nothing. No interviews. No anything. And an email Welcome was sent. Club, baby with a brand new supervisors that specifically prohibited me from doing any more reporting on criminal matters, public corruption matters, or reporting on anyone related to the White House or any current or former associates of Trump. And now I started to experience personal attacks, not only suppression of the reporting. It, it, my reporting was corroborated already at that point. So if you can't undercut the reporting, you undercut the person. Pause. So I, that's what I was experiencing at that point. And if you can't undercut the person, then you attack or the, the reporting. He said, my reporting was already confirmed. That's not how we do things. You can substantiate some, um, we call it validating the reporting. When you, that's the word you would use. This guy supposedly has got 15 years of, of handling uh, sources. You validate the reporting. You don't confirm the reporting. You get a report, you validate it through a second source, or you have another source approach the individual that gave you that reporting from a different angle with a different uh, mission set and see if they can actually substantiate it through validation processes. In fact, they're actually called their tier one and tier two validation processes. They exist within the bureau. This is the way that they, they substantiate certain things that sources say. And they're never considered confirmed. It's human intelligence. If anybody's ever worked human, human sources, basically, you always kind of go like, probably, but... We would always say, we would never say that it was confirmed. We would say that it is, uh, we believe with a high degree of confidence that this is the case. There's actual specific codified language that Intel analysts use, and every single FBI agent would know that. And I don't know, just watch this guy's eyes. It continues to weird me out. He doesn't seem well. I, I really feel for the guy because I don't think he's lying to us or thinks he's lying to us. But it is so, so, so strange. Uh, you can keep playing it, but again, the music, the, the sad guitar in the background, I don't know. And like... All these shots, why is he on the phone? Whose laptop is he typing on? Like, Last thing, I'm going to put this out in your head as we kind of wrap this video down. This guy did that video. He did his so-called disclosures in January. He came forward with uh, some kind of thing in, in April, which is, by the way, the, when I allegedly resigned from the FBI after they have not paid me for a year. And all of that stuff goes down. 
And then he puts this video out. I think the date on it was in September. Ryan, you'll have to double check that for me. But I believe it was in September when they released this particular video interview and all the production. I don't know when they shot it. And he kept his security clearance and was not removed from his job and showed up apparently yesterday or the day before and first got the first search warrant at his house, which is in absolute contrast to the suspendables. I made a report and within 30 days, they'd taken my badge and my gun. And my report was that my boss was violating rule policy procedure. I made a whistleblower report and I was thrown out for it. One of the other things I said, which I don't think I've ever really done much publicly, but I actually called up and said, I think my boss abused his authority as a manager because he went to local law enforcement and got a video of me, which you guys just saw last week. He got a video of me without any proper paperwork. There was no investigation into Kyle Serafin. My boss went out there and on like what we call sua sponte. If you're if you're a ranger battalion guy, you know what I'm talking about. He on his own volition went out there and got a video and then was watching it and showing it around the office. And I was like, I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't think you're supposed to do that at all. And so for whatever reason, um, he did it. That led to me being thrown out when I made the allegation that I think that was a problem with him. I opened the investigation or I asked them to open an investigation exactly 30 days to the date. They closed the investigation into him, opened one into me, and three days later took my badge and my gun. This guy was on the job. Bizarre. Let's run this video again. We got to just finish it out because it's so strange. I was moved to a squad where... Whose car is that? Where's he I at? couldn't work sources. He's on his way to Washington Field. I was sent to basically uh, the Alaska of LA and, and it put into a position where it would be physically impossible for me to do any more source reporting. I was never trying to drive the political process in one way or the other. I was only trying to make sure that everybody had all of the information, both sides, uh, so that people could make intelligent you know, decisions about what they want to do, policymakers or voters or whatever. All right, we may not, we may not do the rest of this thing. Uh, the, the questions well, are coming Jordan's in. Jordan's investigation is alleging so the FBI <laughs> as a whole it. Yeah, just give it is one more second. an arm of the anti-Trump agenda. And this is simply not true. Got there it. is this allegation out there that the FBI slow played the intake of information and their diligent effort to investigate Burisma and the Bidens. What I saw going on with some of these, these hearings was they weren't getting the full story. And I wrote up a statement, went to his office, and, and, and I told him, oh, quite honestly, guys, it's, it's, well, here, here's what happened. I think the management uh, cared a lot about it, and they wanted a special briefing about it. What, what needs to be said here is I later started reporting on Giuliani, and um, I really started to experience some suppression. And at that point, they shut me down. All right. And they said, no, no, no. We're I think that's as much as I can handle. We're, we're pretty deep into it right there. Guys, if you want to see the rest of the stuff, you can just Google his name. It's on it's on YouTube. Most of you are not going to want to see that. Um, look, not every member of the FBI that I've dealt with is as clean spoken and as capable and intellectually uh, competent as the suspendable crew. It's But it's not that unusual to be able to string a sentence together that makes sense. Let me just put it that way. I think the FBI probably hires from the 75th percentile and above. So people that are generally relatively intelligent and above average, I'll just give them what it's due. Are they the most elite people in the world? Absolutely not. Uh, in fact, <laughs> Buma's actual disclosure says on page two, in 2008, I was, I was selected from among the brightest and most talented people in the country to attend FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia. Since becoming an FBI agent D, agent D 15 years ago, I served this country 
with passion. So brightest and most talented people in the country. I don't think that's actually true. I think there's some very talented people there. I worked with people that had awesome resume, resumes and were, were outstanding. Um, it's a pretty small percentage. There was a, a larger percentage of people that were mediocre, but decent. And a few people that were, I would say, diversity hires. They had no business being there. And it was pretty obvious. But all that being said, I don't know where this guy is walking. Like what hallway do they film this in? Like we talked about the production value of what's going on there. <laughs> and B. Cancel just called out his suit. Yes, that is a classic Fed move. That makes it more legit. Having a crappy fitting suit that didn't uh, that didn't uh, you know flatter his body, pretty standard. Very, very weird. I'm going to read you a couple things about this. If any of you have ever been in the military, and I know many of you have, you will be familiar with the idea of an awards write-up. And for those of you who are not, let me kind of break it down for you. When you write an awards write-up, you use weird facts that nobody else would care about. And they sound very impressive if you were not in the military. So I don't know who they're geared towards, but they are like, uh, let me give you one. Um, maintained with zero discrepancies, uh, perfect uh, records of functionality and capabilities for $780 million of, of military equipment over the, a three-month period. And your job was a maintainer on an aircraft. And you worked on three different very expensive planes and you changed the oil. Now, don't get me wrong. The oil needs to be changed on the plane. It's important. But getting a performance award based on the value of the oil of the of the of the oil uh, tanker that you were you know, emptying out from a from a piece of military hardware, it doesn't make any sense. But that's how this entire nine page disclosure is written. And moreover, weirdly, I saw another one too. I actually had to write these up for my captain when I was in the Air Force because he was like, "Hey, Kyle, like you went to college, you're smart, like you write stuff. Make me sound don't make me sound stupid." So I'd go type it out. And then he would give me the, the bullet points and it was like, you know, 100% accountability for 4,375,000 rounds of training ammunition over the, you know, the quarter. Uh, you know, this range officer was so impressive at the uh, you know, whatever the firearms instructor school for uh, for the Air Force security forces. And you're like, "All right, whatever. I'll type it up." Type that up. So they're always really weird and they're long on like silly facts that don't matter and they're and they're weak on on um, things that are that real serious people would take seriously. Uh, that's what I would say. George Hill and I did this analysis. So he says a couple of really bizarre things in here. In order to establish my own credibility, first of all, I've never heard like my own credibility. Like it's just credibility. He doesn't write like an FBI agent does. So that makes me think maybe AI wrote this or maybe maybe a lawyer wrote it up and was trying to like guzzy it up in some weird way. There are some people who write weirdly in the bureau, but this doesn't look like a bureau document. In order to establish my own credibility, I'll give you a little background about myself. Notice how many times it focuses back on the me, 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 and it's a lot. Growing up, I always wanted to be a medical doctor. This is the second page, by the way. We're like nine, 10 paragraphs deep in the disclosure at this point. I always wanted to be a medical doctor, which is why in my first career, I worked as a molecular biologist in the pharmaceutical research industry. After seeing a series of devastating terrorist attacks portrayed in the media, I came inspired. I became inspired to do what I could to protect and serve. I saw the FBI as a kind of immune system protecting the body of our country from illness and outside pathogens. In 2008, I was selected from amongst the brightest and most talented people in the country to attend the FBI Academy. Okay, I already read that part. I served as a primary case agent. That's not a real thing, by the way. He also introduces himself at the beginning as a senior special agent, SA. There is no such thing as a senior special agent. It's made up. It's not a real term. You can be an SSA, that's a supervisory special agent, or you can just be a special agent, which is what we call agents. That's it. There's no senior agents. We might casually refer to somebody as, oh, that's a senior agent, but you would never capitalize it. And he capitalizes senior special A for agent. Really, really weird. 
totally behind the, uh, I don't get it. He says, I've been diligently working behind the scenes on some of the highest priority national security matters for many years. I talked to George Hill. George Hill was the Intel analyst, supervisory Intel analyst, a GS-14 in Boston, which handled most of the Russia for the United States, according to him, and I believe him. He said all this stuff got sent through headquarters and he would have had eyes on it because that's what you do. When you own a threat in the FBI, in the intelligence sphere, you're going to be reading what's going on in all the other AORs, area of responsibilities, and try to figure out what's going on. And you try to keep track of it and how does it relate to what's going on where you are. He's never heard of this guy. But he was apparently a witness to multiple personal instances of political bias that led to a selective suppression of intelligence reporting from high-value confidential informants that I personally operated. Everything about this guy is going back on himself. It's so, so weird. At one point, I got a message last night from uh, from George, and he goes, did this guy just claim that he was in charge of WITSEC? for 20 million Americans because he makes this really obscure and bizarre claim. And what he actually says is, is that I was responsible for the interface with the United States Marshal Service for the witness protection program in an area that had 20 million people living in it. That's that weird military talk where you're talking about the, the value of the aircraft or the number of rounds of ammunition. Like, who cares how many people lived in Los Angeles? Like 20 million people lived in the in the area that the Los Angeles field office covers. What does that have to do with like, the, how many people do you have in WITSEC? Three? Okay, so you supervise the interaction between the U.S. Marshal Service for three WITSEC candidates. It's it's so, so weird. Everything about this is weird, and it's very off-putting for most of us that have been reading it. And and it's so focused on me, myself, and I, and what I did, and my reporting, and all this other kind of stuff. He actually names his source. The source was called Dynamo. That was the code name. Man, even that stuff is really iffy. I don't know that you do that outside of an uh, out of an FBI document. It's certainly going to be law enforcement sensitive to be naming the source because then usually those names have some sort of meaning and they tie back to who the source was. I'd never name one of my sources. Even the sources I had right now, I would never tell you what their names were. I would never tell you what their code names were. I don't know why you would want to do that. It doesn't add legitimacy. It's just weird. But he's trying to grab weird sort of, you know, credibility it's so strange. Everything about this thing is like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm telling you this, like I'm thinking out loud about how bizarre it was. When George read six pages of it, he called me up and he was like, dude, I don't I don't even know what to do with this guy. And and I don't either. My, my instinct was, this is the kind of common instinct that we came up with, was that we are dealing with mm, somebody whose elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Maybe it doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Maybe that's what we're dealing with here. I just, I can't. I can't track what this dude is about. And so we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe something bad happened to him, but maybe it was because he actually states in this disclosure that he has classified information documenting what he said in a secured facility that is appropriate for classified documentation. That'll get a search warrant on your ass. Let's just be real about that. That could get you a search warrant. Uh, those of you in the chat, leave us your opinions about it. And apparently Orange County, he was out of the Orange County RA resident agency. Apparently that is the Alaska of Los Angeles. Let me just tell you this. That's a slight on Alaska if they could do it. He thinks he's, it's a slight on Alaska. Orange County is really nice. And so is Alaska. So anyway, that's some weird stuff from this poor man. Let's keep moving on because uh, the weirdness doesn't end. The weirdness can't end. And we've got a really fun clip. We've got to end with this. we got two really fun clips that I want to show you. We're going to get to them. Let's do, uh, let's do a sponsor real quick. Let's do 4Patriots. Let's talk about my friends over there. 4Patriots.com. Um, slash Kyle, 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com, slash Kyle. Check out your preparedness options under our promo code. Save you a couple of bucks and give you some peace of mind. What's out there in the world? A lot of uncertainty, a lot of craziness, food logistics. We just talked about billionaire trying to buy up all the food supply and try to uh, keep you on artificial proteins that they can manage. How about you get yourself some emergency food? 
get yourself a contingency plan so you are prepared. They've got all kinds of stuff, whether it be for power, for heating, for cooking, or if you want to just get bag food that's freeze-dried, that's going to be able to be shelf-stable for 25 years, this is a fire-and-forget problem. As if we're watching the inflation right now, your money is not going to be worth more tomorrow than it is today. So you might as well uh, figure out what you could do with it and put it in things that are going to be always of value. And that's going to be food, water, ammunition, firearms, um, spears. I don't know. Do you need a spear? Probably. Check out four patriots.com slash Kyle. Get our discount over there. Check out either the one-year food supply, get some of those emergency bars, throw them in your, your vehicle. If you live in a cold climate where you might get stuck on the side of the road, people starve to death every single year. They die of freezing because they don't have the calories to keep their body going. So figure out a solution that's within arm's reach. If you were to run off the road in an icy road, what are you going to do if you're stuck there for eight hours waiting on a tow truck? Um, people have died in those kind of periods of time. So figure out a contingency, whatever that looks like. If you got to get out on foot, you're going to need calories to keep your body heated. This is a basic thing that they do. At Ranger School, they don't give you any sleep, and they put a lot of stuff on you. But what do they do? They give you food. you got to eat a bunch of calories. Um, and and then a lot of people lose weight anyway. Uh, people people who steal food at Ranger uh, – actually, you guys remember uh, Alexander Vindman? You remember him, Brian? Vindman? The, the chubby donut no, eater? He was the, uh, he was the so-called oh, yeah, yeah, whistleblower yeah, yeah. that uh, went after Trump for the phone call. He was known as a food thief at Ranger School when he went through. Apparently, he used to steal other people's uh, MREs and parts of it. That is like a cardinal sin when you're hungry. Um, he's lucky he didn't get beaten into a submission. In any case, uh, get yourself some emergency foods, folks. We appreciate it. Okay, let's do fun pivot. Also scary. This video, as I said, my wife did not know who this person was. Uh, maybe I didn't say this yet, but my wife listened to this audio and she was like, oh, who in the hell is that? And at the end of it, she was able to guess who it was. If you watch this with your eyes closed, let's play video number two. This is an interesting theme popping up. The loss of internet anonymous or um, anonymity. They're, they're looking for it. Why? Seems like the intelligence communities would really love this. Video two, let's roll. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. Our media analysis our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe because personal security is about everything for them. As I said, no one walking down the street or in a subway should feel they have to find to hide the, any indications of what their religious beliefs are. We expect to see people celebrating their lives, walking about freely, and that is no longer the case because people are living in fear. They have a right to do whatever they want here in the state of New York. What? Like, seriously, what? What in the actual world are we talking about? They have, first of all, people are, are not walking around celebrating their life. I don't know if you have a right to go around and celebrate your life. I didn't read that in the Constitution. Maybe you guys have a different copy than I do, but you can't walk around and celebrate your life. That's not a, that's something that the federal government or that the state government is supposed to go and enforce. Um, but you can't go and talk about your religion in public, really? What, what about these pro-Hamas rallies that are overrunning the cities in the state of New York? And the other fun thing, I think she talks about like subways and like like all of New York is actually New York City. Why is that? Because she only cares about getting votes from New York City and the surrounding areas. People who actually ride the subways and stuff in there. 
not upstate New York where the real people live, not where they uh, where they want to repeal the SAFE Act and own firearms like regular people in America. It's absolutely bizarre. It is the weirdest thing to see these people are pushing for them to stop hate speech. This is the political left that used to have the ACLU, which defended free speech of Nazis, to go and march around in Jewish neighborhoods because they have a right to have a bad opinion. You're allowed to be an asshole in this country. I apologize for swearing on that. That's the only like the only way it's it's literally what the First Amendment is about. It protects inflammatory, unsavory speech from the government coming in and trying to make laws to stop it. This policy about monitoring social media is totally Orwellian. It is double speak to the max and it is the government approving opinions. They are not allowed to do that. They must remain agnostic about your speech and your thoughts. And they are not doing that for some reason. And of course, neocon Nikki Haley has decided, somebody uh, on Twitter I saw said she's the right candidate for America in 2004. (laughs) Yes, correct. She's 20 years too late for this run. Also, we're going to talk about the teeth in a second. We got a couple of these things. This woman doubles down on this. You guys thought Kanye West was crazy when he came out and was running for president. Is he still doing that, by the way? Is Kanye West, maybe put it in the chat. Is he still running for president? Uh, I haven't heard from him or his uh, his his pro-Nazi buddy or whatever, the Grapers. But Kanye West sounded pretty nuts. This lady is a whole new level of crazy to me because people actually take her seriously and they give her interviews on serious television channels. Well, serious is always relative. Let's go ahead and run video number three, saying the same thing as Kathy Hochul, the uh, governor of New York. Let's send it. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're gonna get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is it? Is it? Was that one off? Was she just going off the cuff? This is an unapproved thought. She just like had a brain fart and she just sent that down line. No, it's not. We got another video of her saying exactly the same thing on a different space. And uh, if any of you can hear my uh, my phone beeping in the background, this is uh, my, my favorite thing. I turn off the ringer on my phone. It never makes noise except when I'm on this show. No joke. I have no idea how that happens. Bluetooth? <laughs> Dude. Bluetooth still on? Nope. To your road? Nope. Okay. I have no idea where it comes from. I have no idea where the sound comes from. It's absolutely bizarre. That's I've been, awesome. I've been working on it for a long time. And it just, it's only when we do the show. It literally doesn't make noise any other time when I'm working at my computer. <laughs> like you can't make it up. <laughs> it's just when we do this thing. I'm sure it's a total coincidence. Um, anyhow, don't send me messages when I'm doing the show, folks. Uh, that's how you know we're sending it to you live. It just comes at us and that's how it rolls. Let's do the next video. Like I said, she does mean this. She does mean it. This is a well-thought-out position. It's not it's not well-received, but it is thought out. Send video number four. She said it on a podcast as well right afterwards. They need to verify every single person on their outlet because, and I want it by name. Because when what about you, Smug? Does he does he qualify? I, I've provided them with my government. If, if, <laughs> if Smug is on your driver's license, then and look, you can put Smug in parentheses. But I want everybody's name. Right? Yeah, she wants everybody's name out there. She doesn't even go by her own real name. That's not even her legal name, Nikki. It's unbelievable. Here's why that's so strange to me. This country was founded, right? 
because of a, a war against the British imperialist uh, attempts to maintain control over the colonies. And we started in 1776. We declared independence on July 4th, 1776. And then we had kind of a failed Articles of uh, Confederation. If those of you guys, I'm just rehashing some American history for you. We, we had a failed government that didn't work. And so we said, how do we create a federal government that does two things? It's strong enough not to be crap and failure, like the Articles of Confederation, where it has no authority whatsoever, but doesn't infringe on the individual civil liberties of the people for which we fought a revolution and for which we uh, many people died over. How do you balance that out? And then there was a debate in the public square, in the internet of their time, which was in newsletters and newspapers and sent out in all these different missiles, uh, missiles, uh, like written, written testimonies. And they were called the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist Papers. You guys know we've covered some of these on the show. If you need to go backwards and, and read some of them uh, or watch some of our, our videos or just go read them, you should read the Federalist Papers. You should understand. And I use that term collectively, Federalist and Anti-Federalist. That was the debate. Many of the Federalist Papers were written under pseudonym. Oh, no, really? She needed to put her real name and the government had to like, no, they wrote them in pseudonym because there was a purpose for it. They were disguising their identity because they wanted the ideas to stand on their own. And if the ideas stood on their own, for example, a la cat turd, right on Twitter, many of you guys know who I'm talking about. If you don't need a name and a face, but your ideas stand alone, there is a value in that. And there's an American tradition behind it. Many of the Federalist Papers were written under the name Publius, which was a hearkening back to a, a Roman who was a statesperson that was trying to make certain arguments. And so they chose that name specifically. Multiple founding fathers wrote under the name Publius. They were signed that way. It meant something to the people of the time. Having pseudonym is important for political debate because some ideas should not necessarily be attributed to yourself. They should be allowed to stand on their own two feet. That is the value of having anonymity on the internet. And then some people will do what I do, which puts their name and their face. And you want to come and attack Kyle Serafin, have at it. You want to attack Dan Bongino or uh, Ryan Matta. We put our faces out there because our faces are out there all the time. But some of you don't have the ability to be uh, in a non-private way and you choose not to. And that should be your right. That's a very American idea. Nikki Haley has just sunk her campaign. She should just give her followers to Chris Christie so he can have like one and a half percent. And uh, that's it. That, like she's done. She should drop out of the race. And also I could do without listening to it. I don't know why these women do it, but they go get the dental work done. That, and it sounds like this. Can you hear that? It's a tapping of teeth. Their teeth click weirdly. Nancy Pelosi did it too. Play her for a second. Play, play her on there. You can just watch her teeth. She got some dental work done and I can't listen to her anymore. She sounds like a drunk. I know she's not drunk, but her teeth don't fit into her face anymore the way they used to. They did some different dimensions. It doesn't have to be much to take up some of that space. And it sounds weird. So I don't want to hear any more clicking teeth. Please stop doing that, ladies. Whatever you're doing, stop altering your mouth hole. Just let the sound come out the way God intended. That'd be great. Okay. Can we have some fun? Can we have some fun? It's Wednesday. It's weird Wednesday. We just had a really dark thing about an FBI whistleblower. We have Nikki Haley trying to take away your anonymity, and she doesn't believe in the First Amendment or your free speech. How about something really amusing? How about men being men the way they are meant to be from Oklahoma, no less? Uh, let's roll video number six. No introduction whatsoever. Just watch this and feel it. I'll give you some context in a second. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, no, stop it. 
Is that your solution? Check in the ring. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is what he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? No, you can't. This is a. Bernie is going to take over. The skeleton crypt keeper has now decided he's going to take over. How funny is that? Okay, context. That is a senator from Oklahoma. His name is Mark Wayne Mullen. He's, uh, from what I remember, I think he's a plumber. <laughs> but he's a serious dude who just called out a Teamster boss and said, basically, you want to call me out on Twitter? Let's do this in real life, IRL, right now, in the middle of this hearing in the Senate building. And, and then he stood up and started taking off his ring. By the way, he should wear one of these silicon rings, folks. If you think you might throw hands at some point, don't wear steel or gold or something you're going to break that's going to hurt your fingers. Swip them off. Get yourself one of these little lightweight uh, silicon rings like some of us do when we lift weights and stuff. Dude, what is funnier than that guy standing up, just straight up Oklahoma boy, letting it go? Okay, now... Those of you who are in the chat, and now some of you are already tipping my hand, so you're kind of you're going to kind of ruin it, zinger. You're ruining it right now. I need you guys to tell me, <laughs> not in the chat, but in the comments below in the video, rumble.com slash Kyle Seraphim, go to the comment section, and I want you to tell me how much money you want to bet and on who's your fighter. Your options are Mullins, Senator Mullins, at Senator Mullen, or at Teamster SOB. Yes, that's that guy's real name. I think it's Sean O'Brady or something like that, but uh, Sean you're going to do Teamster SOB and how much money. Tell me who you think is going to win. Start putting in the thing right now. I'm going to show you one thing that's going to change your opinion. Possibly. It might turn the, the, the candle. Let's go to the senator's homepage, MullenForAmerica.com. That's what you see right there. <laughs> the dude's got a, he's got a heavy bag. He's got a long uh, uh, Muay Thai style banana bag. He's got his belt on the wall. Like, is this a dude you want to go and throw down with in front of Bernie Sanders as the referee? Here's my only request. <laughs> Do it on Friday nights. Do it pay-per-view. People will donate money. None of you want to give $1 to the presidential campaign whenever you go fill out your tags. I don't want that. I want real money. It's going to cost real dollars to see real throwdowns with congressional grudge matches. We can do the congressional Thunderdome. Hashtag Congress Thunderdome. It needs to happen. Friday nights, They will. all the money goes to support all of the uh, the future campaigns. No more fundraising. Just Thunderdome. Roll the video, 1995, or sorry, 1985. Uh, Ryan wasn't even born yet, but this is when it was going down. This is how it should look. <laughs> Let me give you an example of what my proposal is. Just hear me on the merits. Send the Thunderdome video. That's Tina Turner. What's going on there? That's the Thunderdome. We need a lady, like a crazy lady, who uh, who's maybe famous for other reasons, but gets on there and dresses like a Mad Max character and steps into the role of uh, Tina Turner and gives the Thunderdome every Friday night. I want to see a congressional fight night. 
It needs to happen. Make a trend. <laughs> Congressional Thunderdome. It's so fun. <laughs> it's such a good way for men to solve problems. I don't or give them canes and let them duel. I said that last night too. I was on a Twitter space like cutting up. I said that to a congressperson last night. I said it to George Santos. Um, I have I have absolutely no boundaries when I talk to people in Twitter spaces. If you come into the People's Forum, you're going to get treated like one of the people. George Santos comes in and he he goes in under his personal account. So I call him George. I told him he owes me a hundred bucks, which he does as of a. Uh, Day after tomorrow, he's not going to have 12 line item appropriation bills. So he owes me 100 bucks, hypothetically, if he had bet me, which he did, but he can't pay me. I get it. Just saying. He owes me dinner or something. Um, yeah. Roseanne. Some, <laughs> Justice is Blonde just told us. One of our monthly supporters said, Justice is Blonde says, Roseanne. Yes, Roseanne Barr Arnold needs to be yes. the welcome to the Thunderdome. I want it to come with a roast, and the loser gets roasted by Roseanne. She just makes fun of their body laying on the ground as they're carried off by the medics. That's what we want. Congressional Thunderdome. Okay. <laughs> That's as much fun as we could have in one show. I told Ryan we're going to keep it tight. We kept it tight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today. You are on the Kyle Serafin Show. Do we have Rumble Rants we got to read? Because we'll do those right now. Let's do it. Uh, the chat, you guys have been out of control. I've seen it. I love it. appreciate all of you guys showing up in here. Um, our, our live numbers continue to grow every single show simply because of what you guys are about. There was Eric Jason threw one up. He said, hashtag smash the like. Hashtag do not comply. Hashtag God wins. We really appreciate Eric Jason. You could follow him on True Social, where he's at, Eric Jason, common spelling, at Eric Jason. Go ahead and follow him. He's our moderator. And join the uh, Suspendables group while you're at it if you're on True Social. You'll like it. There's some fun stuff in there. You'll get some uh, added benefits and bonuses. We also want to say thanks for you guys putting the five-star reviews on Apple. We're nearly at the 800. We're just shy. You guys can make it happen today. We should make that happen. Uh, this one is from Zaw Mip. Maybe. I don't know. Or it's from Randy. I can't tell. It just says five stars. Absolutely amazing. Another wonderful person slash woman sharing love and faith to Garrett. Give us a gift to all of us. God bless. Okay, so obviously loved the Garrett O'Boyle episodes. We love having Garrett on. This is from November 3rd. Folks, keep leaving us the five-star reviews. We'll read them even if I don't understand them. You know what they are, and you know you left them, and we appreciate you. That's how we say a little thank you to them. Uh, we had a new monthly supporter jump on today. Who was that? I just saw it a second ago, and I know you flashed it on there. Did we lose it, Ryan? If you did, you can always join us. There it is. It's P. Mordana. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, tell me if I got it wrong in the chat. No big deal. P. Mordana joining us as a monthly supporter. You could do so on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Hit the follow button, number one. Then it'll give you an option to subscribe. It's like five bucks a month, I think. And you can support the channel. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. And we let you know each time you get your uh, your name highlighted so I can see a little bit easier as the chat starts whipping by. When I don't pay attention to the chat for a few minutes, it's like over 100. We're not Dan Bongino status, but man, you guys are good. So thanks so much. Make sure you let me know how much money and who you're going to leave it on in the comments, not in the chat, in the comments, right down there, dollar amount, and whether you want uh, Teamster SOB or you want Mullins. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for the day. It is now almost 9.30 in Central Texas. We stream this live from Liberty Hill. We do appreciate you. Tomorrow, we're going to come to you with an interesting interview, probably a, probably a, an emotionally heart-wrenching one. So keep, uh, keep this thing set. See us tomorrow at 09.30 Eastern Time. It's 8.30 in Central Central Time Zone in Texas, America. And we will see you then. God bless you. Congressional Thunderdome. Make it happen. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.